0: Our next uh, two midot, kinyanim, uh, that we will be discussing uh, today are lakaf zuchus, giving people the benefit of the doubt, and the next one, which is slightly more enigmatic on its face, ma'amido al ha'emes v'al ha'shalom, establishing the truth and peace. So truth and peace sound nice, but what exactly does that mean? What do they have to do with each other and and Torah? So all of that we will get to uh, in due time. But let's begin with our first uh, Kenyan or attribute of today's shir, and that is Machriyo so leKavshus. Again, this is a phrase that we, an expression that we are all familiar with, giving people the benefit of the doubt. And as such, no surprise, many of the Mafarshim, starting with Rashi. Machzor Vitri, the Tiferis Yisrael, all explain that that's exactly what it means here in our Brysa, judge him favorably, whenever there's a doubt about whether somebody did something right or wrong, give them the benefit of the doubt. This is more famously familiar to us from the Mishnah earlier, in the first parakeh, Perak Yavos, parakeh Aleph, parake 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 Mishnah, v'hevi, done es kol adam adam what exactly does that mean? So if you take a look at all the classical Mepharshim there in the first parak of Avos, the Bartanura, tadur Yonah, Rambam and the Persian Mishnayis, and they explain that it's describing a situation in which there are two equally plausible possibilities. We don't know who this person is. Is he a or Roshah? And really, you can interpret the person's actions in two equally plausible ways. So the Mishnah is telling us that the Mithas HaChasidus is to give the person the benefit of the doubt. However, they add, and this is crucially important, and I'm not sure how well known this is, if the person we're discussing is a tzaddik, if the person you've observed, if the behavior you're unsure about is that of a tzaddik, so then all Mepharsham point out, it's not just Midas Chasidus to give the person the benefit of the doubt, but actually an absolute biblical obligation, a chi of daraisa based on the postage in Vayikra of B'tzedek Tishbaramisecha which is not just about judges, but in general a person has to do betzedek, judge people righteously. Um, in the Gemara in Shavuos, and the Ramah Sefer Mitzvot the Yon and Shari Tshuva, again, all make this point that it's not limited just to the judicial or bezdin context, but rather betzedek Tishbat amisecha. if the person is a tzadik, so then it's betzedek to judge him favorably. The, chas, the Hamidus Chasidus in Perkayavos is a, even a person who is not necessarily known to you uh, as a tzaddik. Okay, uh, and also I should add, uh, the Gemara Ambrachos um, Tafyotess tells us that uh, in the case of a full tzaddik, um, it's not just uh, that if you're not sure, it could go either way, judge him favorably. Even in a situation where there's no possibility to interpret the action away, there's no limut there's no question the person did something wrong, even then this idea applies in that you should assume that the person either did it by accident, and even if that's not plausible, or whether it is or isn't, but either way, you should assume that the person already did tshuva. So a person who has an earned reputation, a deserved reputation uh, for righteousness, is given a benefit of the doubt, not as a amidst chasidus, but even, to such an extent, mi'ikr hadin. Interestingly, uh, this is really given significant prominence by another gemara, and that is the gemara in Shabbos and Kuf Chavzayin Aleph which tells us that this is one of the things which is listed in the category known as peruseim zeva, karen olama ba. that you get reward and benefit from this, not only in this world, but also in the next. Now obviously these are quite special examples to be, you know, in such an exclusive group. And or, Dan adam is actually included in this list. Eventually the Gemara explains that this is part of the broader category of one of the ultimate goals of ha'ava'as shalom, of uh, creating a peaceful society. And Rashi there explains that this middah will bring shalom because if somebody does something wrong to you or that hurts you and negatively impacts you, you will say to yourself, he didn't really mean to hurt me, it was an accident. Uh, etc. The Sefer Achinuch elaborates on this, same idea as Rashi, but with even greater elaboration, a mitzvah, Resh Lamed Hay, and he explains that this and other mitzvahs all share a common telos, a common purpose, which is to produce shalom. And therefore, if you had a society in which people were constantly Suspect of each other, choshate each other. So that's not going to be a pretty society. That will not uh, be one of of, of shalom and achva. And therefore, one of the linchpins of creating the ideal Torah society of shalom is that we have to be done We have to give people the benefit of the doubt and not assume the worst uh, of intentions. The Gemara goes on back in the Gemara Shabbos goes on to list three amazing stories uh, of being down of behavior, questionable at best, questionable behavior of Rabbanim, and in each case, um, you know, someone who was observing this behavior uh, did give the rabbi the benefit of the doubt. In fact, it turned out that despite the first and second appearances, nothing untoward had happened. And in each case, uh, the Rav, who was judged favorably, you know, both, you know, out of great appreciation of that, at the end, uh, remarks, You should be rewarded, just as you judge me favorably, so too Hashem should judge you favorably. As I mentioned, there are three amazing stories, just to give you one of them, actually the third of the three, uh, the Gemara tells the story of Chachamim, who had to go to a certain Roman noblewoman, or a certain Roman noblewoman, who was known to be involved in lots of immoral priestess activities, and when they got near the house, uh, this particular one of the Rabbanim, he took off his tefillin. Then he went into the house and he locked the door behind him so the Talmudim could not enter. Eventually he came out, and then he went to the Mikvah before going back to matter of teaching Torah. So you could easily look at this situation and see some very uh, not pretty things happening in that house. You know, perhaps that would be confirmed by the person's own decision to go to the Mikvah. And yet, the Gemara explains that they gave him the benefit of the doubt. And they said, well, why did you remove the tefillin? Not because you were going to do anything wrong, but because you were going to a place that was already very impure, and therefore it's not appropriate to wear tefillin there. Why did you close the door? Because you actually had very sensitive governmental matters to discuss, and therefore it needed to be done in private. And why did you go to the mikveh? Again, not because you did anything wrong, because a person such as this woman, even her roke, even her spittle would be tamay, and you were worried maybe by accident some of it got on you and you were Tameh. And these were the, you know, each one of these is maybe possible, but increasingly implausible, and especially if you add up all three, you need to kind of add all three together in order to assume that there was nothing done wrong. And yet, says the Gemara, exactly, the Talmidim went three for three. All three explanations were exactly correct. And that's why, as I say, this particular, uh, one of the Chachamim was so appreciative that they gave him the benefit of the doubt. In fact, it was correct, that he concluded again, you were done as um, and therefore so too done in oso Now it's interesting that uh, here the phrase is done in oso which is a little bit vague. Who is it referring to? So the shilto's in shilta mem refers says it refers to Hakadosh Baruch which again works well with the other quote in the Gemara, hamakom yadino schaloschus. So here oso is working off of hamakom two different lines in the Gemara, they really mean the same thing, it says the She'ultos, you should be rewarded by Hashem, by Shemaim, giving you the benefit of the doubt. But uh, interestingly, the Sfas Emes in Chidushim here, in Masecha Shabbos, says, no, the first uh, line we mentioned, that was talking about reward, a divine reward, so to speak. But the uh, Sfas Emes says that this particular phrase is actually talking about other people. Adam gam Other people should give you the benefit of the doubt. And again, this could be uh, itself a form of divine intervention and a reward, uh, or it could also be understood very uh, prosaically uh, that if you have a reputation of always being charitable with others and uh, acting kind and giving people the benefit of the doubt, it's certainly uh, reasonable and plausible, rational even, uh, that you will inspire similar behavior towards you. However, it is worth taking a step back, whether it's this phrase or not. Certainly the first phrase we mentioned, that shamayim, that HaKadosh uh, Baruch will dan you That is a statement in the Gemara. HaMakom, or shamayim, yadun oscha depending on which girsi you have. But whichever nusoch you have, it's at least one line in the Gemara. And l'cha'orah, it raises the question of what exactly does that mean? What's pshat of Don l'kav when it comes to Hashem? After all, it seems that the premise in our Brisa and Parak of Avos and all these Gemaras, is that you should give people the benefit of the doubt based on an assumption of a Choser yedia. At the end of the day, things aren't always as they seem, and it's possible that what looks to you as one thing is really something else. You can't know for sure you may be incorrect. However, obviously none of that applies to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has no Choser yedia; He knows everything. So... Either If you do the right thing, no matter how implausible it looks to people on the outside, that you really did the right thing, they you deserve to get rewarded. And if you did the wrong thing, you deserve to get punished. In what meaningful sense can we talk about HaKadosh Baruch Hu being done l'kavskos, giving the person the benefit of the doubt? So the Maharil Diskin is quoted uh, as giving the following very beautiful answer. He says, of course it doesn't mean that Hashem isn't sure if he did the right thing or not, and therefore He gives you the benefit of the doubt as a reward because... Once upon a time in your lifetime, you did so. That's it, it. doesn't make any sense when it comes to God. Rather, says the Mariel Diskin, it's referring to the fact that after a person dies, after 120, you'll get punished for the Averos, not only that you did, but also, unfortunately, for Averos that you did that led other people to do Averos. Either you, Dafko, went out of your way to influence them, or they observed you, and they learned from your incorrect actions, and here, the more high respect people hold you in in this world, the more likely that they will learn, unfortunately, from your mistakes, because they'll think that if you're doing it, it must be okay. So you might come up to Shemayim and complain and say, well, why am I punished because someone saw me doing something wrong, and they copied me? I should be responsible for that. After all, they should have been down chus, and when they saw me ostensibly doing something wrong, they should have been down in a way that it didn't look like I was doing anything wrong, and therefore they shouldn't have been more hetter to themselves. So really it's their fault, because they weren't down the schus. they assumed I was doing something wrong. No, I really was. But they assumed it, which they shouldn't have, and since they assumed it, they should be punished. Why should it be on my cheshvon? So you, says the Mario Diskin, in such a case, it depends. Hashem says, well, let's see. If really you actually not only are talking the talk but walk the walk when you saw other people doing bad things you gave them the benefit of the doubt then in fact Hashem will accept this argument and you'll only be punished for your averos and not what other people learned from you but if even you, when you saw other people doing the wrong thing, you never gave them the benefit of the doubt, so it would be hypocritical at best for you to say that other people should have given you the benefit of the doubt. And therefore, it's not unreasonable that they learned from you. And therefore, Hashem will punish you twice, not only for what you did wrong, but for what other people learned from you. So it says M'ariel Diskin beautifully, this is Pshat in the bracha that the Gemara gives, that says, if you don't Kav's Hashem will judge you favorably. Again, not because Hashem isn't unsure whether you, what you did is right or wrong, but rather, whether you will avoid the double Punishment of being held somewhat responsible for people's mistakes that they claim they learned from you. You can avoid that if you used to give people the benefit of the doubt, because then Hashem will say that you're potter because from the other people's sins, because they should have given you the benefit of the doubt. Um, another point to note here, which I think is also very important and very well known, um, going back to the bright the mishnah in the first parak, is have you done? us called Ha Adam and there's a famous idea, I've heard it attributed, I can't say I've found it inside ever, but I think I've seen it both in the name of either the Svasemis and or his grandfather, Chadusha Harim. And the idea, without the cute uh, diuk in the Mishnah of Ha'adam Adam Chos, um, is also explicitly stated, actually, I think less well-known, in the Sefer Tomer Devorah, uh, Ramosha cordvero in which they basically make the point that it's not just that if you see a certain action, which can be interpreted in multiple ways, give people the benefit of the doubt. Even if you have a situation in which you unquestionably, there's no way about it, the person definitely did something wrong. But you can choose to judge a person just based on that one activity, or you can judge us, call Adam le You can look at the person in his totality, in his or her uh, totality, or their entire entirety, and say, listen, maybe they did this wrong, but it doesn't mean they're a bad person. After all, look at all the other good things that the person do, does or did. As long as you know that there's some good things, some mida tova, some mida that the person does, some tova, uh, let alone if overall the person lives a good life, so that should help give a context even to the things which are unquestionably wrong. Last but not least, as we've been elaborating for some time now on the broader principle of giving people the benefit of the doubt, so I saw a beautiful idea here uh, in Avos, on Avos uh, Parak uh, by Rav Baruch, the Baruch Shemar Baruch Alevi Epstein. He points out that the famous Rashi, which we've all known since we're little children, about uh, Noach, Rashi quotes, uh, what Noach was, tamim what's the qualification of in his generation? So Rashi says, Yesh me shvach. Some rabbis interpret this for his praise, that not only was he great in his generation, that was a generation of sinners. Had he been in a generation where other people were tzaddikim, he would have even been greater. The yesh darshim also, Lignai, continued Rashi. And then there are others, yeish darshim, that say, no, he's only a tzaddik compared to the rishayim of his generation. Really, he wasn't so great, just relative to the people around him. But if he would have been with other great people, he would have been a nothing. That's the famous Rashi. So the Bar-Shamar is Madaik in something which I think many of us overlook, which is that in the two halves of this equation, only in the first one are the people who uh, are evaluating Noach referred to as Raboseinu. Yesh miRaboseinu sol shvach. The Yesh, but no reference to Raboseinu. The Yesh Shadarshan sol Says the Baruch Shamar. It's Meduyak from Chazal and Rashi. It only uses the term Raboseinu on the more positive interpretation, which is a hint that this is the Derech of Rabbonim. This is the way of rabbis to always see the good in people, especially people who. Uh, have a good context uh, are, are good in general. Um, now, if we now that we've elaborated on the importance of this, uh, of course, it begs the question: It's all nice and good, but what does all this have to do with the Kenyan Torah? So, the Chassid Yaivitz explains that as we saw in some previous midos, uh, this is yet another indication of being l'shma. We saw this from various mafarshim in some of the previous uh, attributes that we've mentioned. That uh, the Bryce at the beginning of uh, you know, it says that the key to all the brachos and learning is if you learn Lashma And many of the various midos and kenyana we've seen until now have been um, described and interpreted as being indicators and facilitators of Lashma So here too says the Ivets if you're done Lakav's if you're machrio Lakav's so this is another indication that you are truly Lashma Because it shows that that you want what's best for other people, and therefore you hide, if you will, the perfections, and you reveal or pursue the good things in other people. If you are not lishma, if you were just looking to uh, cause trouble, or you seek your own power or aggrandizement, then the best thing for you would be dan Le Chauv, always be putting people down, looking for every opportunity to raise yourself up at other people's expense. The fact that you are always looking to give other people the benefit of the doubt is an indication, says the Yavitz, that you are learning lishma, and that should be as a chus for your kinyan Torah. Other um, Mefarshim, or at least other interpretations, um, have a much more narrow interpretation of the Midah. And in this particular uh, interpretation, um, they narrow it so they can make it more directly connected to learning. So, for example, Rabbi Yaakov Emden, Alechem Shamayim, says that we're talking not about the general Midah, of giving people the benefit of the doubt that may be fine, but it's not relevant. Says Shamaim, here we're specifically talking about not to celebrate uh, when you see someone else making a mistake in Psikat um, Halacha. On the contrary, you should look for ways to help prove the opinion correct, and even if you can't, and it turns out the person really did make a mistake, you shouldn't be you know, happy about it. Um, so again, uh, this is more local and narrow, clearly in the context of learning, and could also be interpreted uh, like the yivitz we just saw, as an indication that you're a and therefore you're not looking to exaggerate, let alone celebrate, other people's mistakes in the halachic uh, process. Um, and more generally, uh, both the Medrash Shmuel, as well as the Chosid Yivitz back in Parak Aleph, explain that we could be talking about the case of two people learning Bechavrusa, or a Chabura, people learning, and we know that the nature of learning is the Masa Umatan, people arguing and learning, and each people is contradicting each other and she's screaming at each other sometimes, and this could, this could lead to genuine resentment and fighting. And therefore, we are taught to avoid this by, in the context of chavrusa, in the context of the Pilpulo Sheltorah, the Masa Vamatan, the Melchamta Torah. in that context specifically, we're being taught. Give the person you're fighting with, you're arguing with, the benefit of the doubt. Remind yourself that this other person isn't doing this just to embarrass me or to prove me wrong, but they're doing it l'shem shemaim l'shma because they truly think that they have the right shot in the Gemara, the right shot in the pasuk, etc. Um, and therefore, again, this is a very specific and narrow interpretation, but it's one that gets right to the heart of one of the key aspects of learning, which is chavrusa or chaburah style learning. Last but not least. Um, the Maharal and Tiferes Yisrael interpret it in again a very specific and narrow way. I wouldn't say the shot at all, uh, but a very clever way. Uh, and they say Mahrio should be taken literally. Again, it's not done in our so Brisa. It's Machrio Lakavshos. So what is Machrio? To force them or to push them? Literally means to tip or to push the person towards their merit. In other words, a ta'am should try to influence and inspire his colleagues, his friends, and certainly his talmidim, to do the right thing. Just like we saw previously that no se ba'ol in the interpretation of the maral means to try to alleviate physical or emotional suffering. This means trying to alleviate a spiritual burden. You see a person going in the wrong direction, tip him uh, to the right uh, side. Um, the maral talks about this in a behavioral context, the t'fresh B'kitzur also seems to be saying something very similar, and he gives an example of the machshavot, the thoughts uh, of your friend, whether it's the thoughts of learning or hashkafa, but get them in the right direction if you see they're making a mistake. Now, why should this help towards the Kinyan Torah? So this is the maharal l'shitaso. First of all, it shows that you're a good person, and you have to be tov to be Zoha in the tov of Torah. And as we've seen numerous times in the maharal, this makes you part of the klal. The maharal has said many times, uh, most specifically when it came to... Um, no That the Torah was not given to an individual, no matter how brilliant, no matter how righteous. The Torah was given to Klal Yisrael, to Am Yisrael, and therefore you have to show that you're part of that Klal, part of that Am. And by mimachriol akav help, always looking out for it, helping other people, so that shows that you're part of the Am, you're a good person, and therefore you're worthy of Torah. So we saw, again to review, we saw a deep dive, if you will, we did a deep dive into the broader, well-known idea of Done as which is famously taught in the first parak of Avos. We saw numerous mamrei chazal and interpretations that accent the importance and elaborate on the specifics of that midah. And we mentioned that they may be contributing to Talmud Torah in the indirect way that it shows that you're Shema. But then we also saw two other interpretations which are more narrow, but specifically related to learning context of uh, not. Uh, celebrating uh, when a person thinks makes a mistake in Pesach, but rather help them, give them the benefit of the doubt, and try to even help them prove their point. And when you're arguing and learning, always uh, realize that the person means well, and therefore also uh, not become personal or resentful, and this will also help your learning. And lastly, we saw uh, the idea of, in general, kind of a Kiruv, or a Hochhech Tuchich type of idea. Machrio, literally, push the people to do the right thing, and this will again uh, give you the kind of personality and skula that make you worthy of Hashem giving you the Torah. Okay, uh, our second meter of the day, which will be a little shorter than the first one, um, and that is also an important one though, so I don't want to give it a short shrift, um, and that is ma'amido al ha'emes ve'al ha'shalom. So what exactly does this mean? Ma'amido al ha'emes ve'al ha'shalom. Establish it, him, to the truth and peace. So R' of and in Alchem Shamayim says we're talking about the way you influence other people. He says don't withhold the truth from someone who's clearly making a mistake. Don't be afraid uh, to say it just to be polite. But Ma'amido alames, you see someone's making a mistake, you can't just uh, try to bite, hold your tongue, bite your tongue to be polite. Rather Ma'amido alames, show them the truth. The Tiferes Yisrael agrees and he says be relentless, bring proofs, Ma'amido milasher, and keep on going, keep on going until it's self evident to the person. You have to, you can't give up. You have to keep on telling him. Maharal also goes in this direction. He says you have to care about a person enough, so therefore you care that he makes the truth. And again, that connects you in the Maharals, thinking to the tzibur, and the tzibur makes you deserving of Torah. Uh, Reb Chaim Belajner here in the Ruach Chaim uh, elaborates on this point, and he says you see from this that it's not about you being right, but about finding the right, finding the truth, and sharing that with other people who didn't previously uh, understand. It's very similar to what we had previously saw. I just think it's maybe a slightly different focus that the earlier Mepharsham we just quoted, uh, their focus was on caring about the other person. Therefore, you want them to know the truth. Uh, Whereas the way Yerb Chaim formulates it, it seems to be highlighting that your highest goal should be caring about the truth. And therefore, Mamela wanting other people to know about it. So slightly different focus, but I think it gets you to the same place. Lamaisa. What are practical implications that come from this? This... Mida now this Kenyan mentioned in the Kenyan Torah that somehow we have to really care about other people getting the right shot in life in Halacha in the Sugya. So uh, three interpretations specifically in the context of learning and especially for a Rebbe and Talmidim. So Rav Matisyal Solomon in his commentary Matnas Chaim says this is a continuation of the previous two uh, Kenyanim. No se empathy and judging favorably with Kafzchos. A person your Talmud or your colleague or your harusa if A person feels like you care about him. He'll be opening to listening to you and about what the truth is, and he'll willing to accept a correction, or rebuke if necessary. The biggest reason that people don't listen, and the biggest reason that people don't give to haha is that they're afraid that people won't listen. But well, people don't listen because they think you don't care. But if it's if it's clear that you truly care about them, you're truly no say you truly give them the benefit of the doubt, and despite that, you still think they're making a mistake and it's conveyed in that way, then people are likely to be receptive, and because you know they're gonna be receptive, you're likely to give so that's number one it reflects this attitude that you have to have and it continues the previous themes we've seen Rabbi Yaakov Emden in the Lechem Shamayim uh, says an interpretation which is almost the opposite he says you have to realize ma'amidu al means sometimes you have to you have to do whatever you have to do to make sure they, that they know the right shot, that they know the right psak halacha that, the right that they have the right hashkafa do whatever you have to do ma'amidu al-emes no matter what even if you'd have to embarrass the person in the process you might say that sounds shocking, even scandalous. But Rav Yaakov Amdin quotes numerous examples in the Gemara for that, where we saw that in order to make an impression or to sharpen the minds of Talmidim, various Chachamim did things like that. L'Gmaran Tzvachim, Tav uh one of the Chachamim say to the other, Ishtabashta, or, he made a mistake. Or Yevamos, Tav Tesa Aleph, even Rebbe, known for his humility, nevertheless, spoke harshly to Levi, right? It's as if you don't have any brain in your head. You know, your brains fell out, as we might say. So that's quite strong. Now, I think it's obvious, even to Rav Yaakov Emden, in our day and age, we're, we're understandably even more sensitive to it than maybe they were once. This is not necessarily the first choice, even the second choice. But if absolutely necessary, Rav Yaakov Emden is saying, uh, and in certain times, in certain t- places, there could be, a necessity uh, even for something sometimes as extreme as that. Uh, Lastly, in terms of the practical implications, Revlau, in his uh, commentary on Avos, Hechel Yisrael um, harkens on the word ma'amido, and he says that the teacher must not only care or teach the truth, but he should teach the students how to find it themselves, give them independence, stand them up on their own two feet, ma'amido. Um, I think I may have quoted this in one of the earlier Shurim, um, but if not, if I have, it's worth repeating, and if not, it's certainly worth noting that uh, this is something that I often heard from my rabbi, of Rosenzweig on the Mishnah in the beginning of Avos, Again, same idea, weird choice of a uh, verb, He-em-midu. You would have thought it would have been, you should teach, or something like that. Why Ha'emidu? Uh, Sir Rosenzweig uh, has said many times that the same idea as Rabbi Lau says here, that you should stand them up on their own two feet, that the ultimate goal of uh, Chinuch is to give the students the ability, the knowledge, and the skills to be independent. Okay, all of that is interpretation, uh, so to speak, number one, which is that ma'amidu uh, ala ames we have to really make sure that they know the truth. Um, and a broader point, other uh, mafarshim, Highlight that this is really the goal of learning, and the goal, similar to what we saw above uh, in the first midah of today, sheer uh, the whole idea of even machlokes or uh, you know challenging uh, discussions and learning. Rabbi Lau elaborates. He says, since the highest goal of Torah is this Torah studies, finding the halachic truth, therefore you work not only to find it yourself, but also for other people as well. You want to make sure that other people and everyone has the truth. Um, the Meiri in Sota Daf Memtes says you have to realize that the goal of debates. Is the purpose is for the purpose of uncovering truth, not to sh- just not just to show off. Shouldn't be being argumentative just to be argumentative, just to win the battle, but rather, this is a qualification that we're doing it not just to get into fights or show people that we're right, but rather because the MS is the MS, and therefore we have to uh, preserve it. Uh, the Chasam Sofer in a very beautiful tshuva in Chelak Aleph of his tshuva, in Reish Ches. Uh, explains based on psukim, uh, again, this exact point, but he elaborates on it beautifully. The debate should not be about winning. Rather, we listen to other people's arguments, and if they're persuasive, we have to be open enough to change our own mind. And if they're not persuasive, then we have to have the courage to stick to our guns. But as long as we get to the truth, who cares if it's my approach, or the harusa's approach, or the Rebbe's approach, or the Talmud's approach, it's about the truth. People who, unfortunately, only care about their shita, in hashkafa, in the suya, in Psach, whatever the case may be. So they are straying, says the Chas Sofer, from the true path of Halacha, and their judgment will come, will become mu'ukal. They'll become corrupt or bent. They won't know how to think straight, and they'll end up making terrible, terrible mistakes. So it's not just a midos issue, but if you have that attitude, it eventually will come at the expense of your Torah. Until now, we've been focusing primarily on the first half of the phrase, Ma'amidu al-emes. We haven't given enough attention yet to what's the... Continuation of Allah Shalom. So the truth is that the interpret this in light of the Gemara in Kiddushan, Davlamid, uh, commenting on the phrase, V'es the Gemara there says a beautiful and famous teaching, Amar Chibar Abba, no matter how close people are, even a father and son, a genuine close Rebbe in Talmud, but when they're Osek B'Torah, they're fighting like enemies. And, but nevertheless, despite the fact that in the process they fight like cats and dogs, like enemies, they don't leave, they don't get up until Nasu Oyavim Zedzen, until they become lovers, friends again. Quoting the apostle, that they will become vahave, they will love each other, at the end of the process. And the Mi'iri there in Kedushin explains that since the battle is not about winning, but about finding the truth, so then once they find the truth, there's no reason not to be friends. Mumela they'll become friends. Very similar to what the Chassam Sofer said previously. Uh, but therefore, you see, you put these two together, shalom. if it's all about MS, then in the long term, it does not have to come at the expense of Shalom between people because it was always about MS, about the sugya about the Pshat, about getting the truth, and therefore, why should that become personal? Uh, maybe the most famous expression of this is like Gmarin Ervin and Dafyid Gimel that tells us that after the many years of battle between Beish and Beish Hillel, and yet... The Gemara tells us, despite those battles, in Yivam Taf Yadalid they married with each other, and they had Chiba Vareus with each other. In other words, it never became personal, and they, uh, on an individual level, and even on their children, uh, were able to integrate each other, because again, it was never personal, it never compromised the Shalom, because it was always about the MS. Here on our Brisa, the matter Shmuel and Alecham Shamayim explain exactly this point, that when you're learning with someone, it's not about who's right and who's wrong, it's about getting it right. And even when you cannot reach an agreement, Still, make sure that you walk away as friends. Um, and the Ruchaim also makes this point of Haim and he says when you see someone making a mistake, you should correct it, but in a way that preserves the shalom. Do it in a way you have to know the person, know how to speak to the person, so that they will um, react in a way that still preserves uh, the shalom. Um, the Mishnah Novos Perakay Yudzayin uh, tells us that Machlokas L'shem Shemaim. Is It sounds like a bad thing. Who wants the machlokes to stay? But there are, Rabbi Lau explains in his Sefer that this is really the Pshat, that it's sofol because the people who are having the Machlokas will remain friends and therefore they can continue the conversation, continue the Machlokas. A week later, a month later, a year later, the person could have a different raya, a different proof, and they could re- resume the machlokes. However, If it was a machlogos lo l'shem then once they get into a fight, they're going to become enemies, they're never going to talk to each other. And therefore, not that one will be convinced... But the makhlogus will not be sky because they don't talk to each other anymore. How can you fight if you don't even talk to each other? It's a, it's a midah of friendship and of kurva of closeness that you at least talk to each other to argue. That's the pshat, says Rablau, Reb- a very beautiful pshat in light of what we've been talking about, that the makhlogus shem Shemayim is so fully because you stay friends and therefore the conversation can continue. Just to conclude this point... Um, just to make it very clear, so this is all very nice about Machlokas um, and Emes and Shalom, how exactly is this a, a connection to Kenyan Torah? So the Chassid Yavit says that if you have this attitude, again, as we saw to, the, to earlier in the first aspect of today's year, that's a simon, it's an indication that you're studying L'Shema. You're not taking personal pleasure or pride in your friend's mistakes or being right, but rather it's all about getting to the truth that shows you L'Shema, therefore you're worthy of Torah. Maharal, Lashita so explains it in his own consistent way. As we saw, starting with Nosei B'ol and Machri L'Kav's and now we have these, they all combine to create a Tov person, a good person who is worthy of the Torah, which is Tov. Plus, that makes you part of the Klal. You're connecting to the Klal, and therefore you deserve the Torah which was given to the Klal. I would only add, I didn't see this anywhere, but Lanias Daiti, this is the Pashlus, if you're this kind of person you argue but you argue in a way that's clear you care about other people you really care about the truth and it's not personal etc if you're that kind of person you have that kind of reputation if you will in the base Madrash then people will want to learn with you and you'll have good chavrusas and you'll have people who want to have you in their shir and who who want to talk with you and then through the Masa Vamatan which you engage in in a very appropriate way, with the ultimate goal of truth, but not compromising Gacharetz, even if it's passionate disagreement. So through those relationships, and through those interactions, you'll grow in learning. But if you don't have this attitude, if it's all about you and being right, so very short order, who's going to want to learn with you? Who's going to want to talk with you in learning? And if you won't have the right Gacharetz, you won't have the right Chabura, you won't have the right Rebbeim. Right. So you don't, the morale and the Yavits have a beautiful Pshatim, but I think you could even understand this in a very simple way, that without these Midos, a person will be at a severe disadvantage to accomplishing Torah.